Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foote. Welcome into Footnotes. Kevin Foote on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. Simulcast on Stadium 32.3. And 133 on LUS Fiber. The game hotline is 706-0111. 706-0111 on this. Thank you, Astros, for winning edition of footnotes. You know, I last night was brutal. I don't want it to ever happen again. It's just too much. It, you know, I want to thank my wife and daughters for they got two TVs set up for me side by side. Now, Michelle regretted it after because there was so much aggravation and uh, just angst and screaming and all of that that she was like, I just can't take this. I mean, she just like, I, I just can't take this. It was just, it was just. From the moment that Framber did not field his position, I was just like, it's going to be 0-2 night. Like, they're they're not going to win this game. Like, they're going to lose because Framber can't field his position. Framber's a lot like Jose Altuve. And you just love what they bring to the team. And you love what they brought to the organization. But they... At here and there, they do the dumbest things, and you're just like, "Can you just get rid get rid of the these dumb things that you do?" Like Jose'll just get thrown out by 18 steps just because he feels like running to second base sometime or whatever. I mean, he's just and he makes errors here and there that are just stupid, and you just and then Framber just, you know, he's like. One of the jokesters on the team, so he keeps everything loose, and he's such a workhorse. I mean, he just, you know, he's an old-school pitcher. Like, they they should have just probably, if they'd have let him pitch the eighth last night, he would have just pitched. He'd have thrown 120 pitches and been fine. He's a workhorse. I love the guy. But then he just does dumb junk like he can't feel this position. So all night I'm like, we're going to lose. We're going to We're going to lose. We're going to lose. We're going to lose. We're, it's gonna. I mean, and the Saints are fall. You know, right, right around that time, the Saints are have a chance, and then they, and then Callaway pick six. Callaway, I mean, picks. I mean, it's just like, oh, it's just. And then they bring Brian Abreu in in the eighth. And look, Riley loves Brian Abreu because he's done really well this year, and he and he has. I mean, you got to give him credit. I mean, Strom always loved that guy. And it's so crazy. I told a story a couple weeks ago. It's like we've been waiting for two or three years on this guy, and he's just been a mental midget the whole time. Got this great arm, and he just doesn't know what to do with it. Well, there was an outing sometime in the summer, June, July. I don't remember when. But I remember the the outing, and he, he came in, and he looked terrible. And I'm like, that's it. I'm done with him. I'm done. Done with Brian Abreu. We've been waiting for three years for this cat. It's never going to happen. And so I said all that, and since then he's been fabulous. (laughs) It's just like, 
I mean, if, if all I had to do is blow up and give up on him, I'd have done it two years ago. Um, and, and and he's been fabulous. And I still, in the back of my mind, don't trust him because he's never gotten it done in postseason play. But he, but he he delivered a huge strikeout in the eight to in the eighth lap. That was just tremendous. And um, and Presley wasn't as good in game two last night as he was in game one, but he was still really good. Like he 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 did a great job. Uh, why they put Matt Carpenter up there, I don't know. And by the way, I did hear that. Um, Stan, Mike Stanton said that he thinks that maybe the Yankees are to shorten their stroke a little bit and put more balls in play. So we'll see what happens um, in in New York, where they typically hit a lot of homers. Now I have no idea how you know I was when when I saw that the Astros. Had the roof open. I'm like, what are you doing? And then it ended up paying off, apparently. I mean, most people think that Judge's ball in the eighth would have been a homer if it wasn't open. So, wow. I mean, it's never open, especially in the postseason. But they opened it last night, and it might have paid off. Sometime, I guess, it's better to be lucky than good. All right, let's go to the game hotline. Hello. Good morning, Kevin, on this glorious Friday morning. Oh, How man. are you? I mean, I'm all jumbled. Obviously elated over the Astros' victory. Uh, I still I'm, think they got to get a hit with a runner in scoring position eventually. But, um, but yeah. Kevin, I'm here to deliver some good news to you. Okay? Are you ready? I am. Free. You, the stress is over. I mean, football-wise. You don't have to stress anymore, Kevin. No oh, yeah, no, I agree with that. Yeah, I'm worried. Yeah, I'm Listen, it, it's just a relief. After I turned this, when the second pick six happened, click, went my one TV. I put the Astros on my big TV, and listen, my stress level went down so much. And that's yeah, it. but Manny, and look, it was bad. The, the no. second pick six was awful, but the game really wasn't over. I really think the game of looking back, it, they had one more the chance. The game was over when he threw the pick in the end zone, Kevin. No. The game was over when he threw the pick into quadruple cut. I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying, but they had one more chance. West Chandler dropped a ball over the middle. He caught it and they hit him where they, they still would have had a chance if he, if he catches that ball, I believe. I believe that was the last the straw. After, after the pick six to one, he throws another beautiful ball right to him on the sideline. Boom, boom, bobble, bobble, no good. Just yeah, I, no, I blame Callaway for both pick sixes because if he catches that ball, right? he, exactly. that, the other pick the six other doesn't pick happen. Second one doesn't happen. Yeah. Exactly. But anyway, Kev, listen, how about uh, uh, Abreu with the strike? Man, I, I, that strikeout was just great pitch. Good. And listen, let me tell you something. Presley, I know, you know, he had a four, four out save. He comes back and listen, that. Uh, uh, the, our boy, the first baseman from the Cubs there, Rizzo, that cat is battling. He's he's almost impossible to strike out. And when he struck him out, whoo, man, that was uh, that was really something. That's that's some high pressure. 
that's some high pressure baseball right yes. there, Kevin. Yes. Uh, uh, you know, so it's it, it, it just want to let you know, Kevin. Okay, where are you going tonight, man? Where, who are you going? Terrellings ask him. No, no, no. I, I don't. I don't like all that stuff. I'm not. I'm not a. I'm not an elitist when it comes to high school sports. <laughs> Would you? You don't want. You don't want to go to see Captain of St. Martinville. <laughs> No, I, I'm, my, my plan is I'm going to be covering Norfolk Mead and, and Northside because I think the winner of that game is not going to finish last and has a good chance of making the playoffs. Oh, uh, there you go, Kelly. You see, you, you like the little nuances yes. of, of the game. I understand. I mean, your man has been doing it as long as you. All right, Kevin, I, I just wanted to deliver some good news, man. No more stress. You have a, you have a good weekend. I'll All right, I'm going to try. All right, let's go back to the game hotline. Hello. How can you go 81 innings and not have the lead to start an inning? The the Yankees have now played nine games this year against the Astros. Innings. Yeah. 81. Yes. Now, Oakland can get a lead on them. Oh, a Baltimore, lot of times. Kansas City. Yep. You can't get a lead for one inning. What's wrong there, Kevin? It hasn't happened yet. Uh, the Astros just know how to pitch to the Yankees. It's just that they've they've known how to pitch to the Yankees since 2015. Well, the other teams know how to pitch. I, I can't. You know, explain. The Astros don't have a, a formula of how to get them out. They <laughs> just can't get them out. But uh, the Astros get them out. I, I don't know. Now, Kevin, did you know? Do you listen to the game on the radio? Um, sometimes, yes, sir. <laughs> It's it's three pitches ahead of the TV. Three. Uh huh. So what I do is, like for instance, the other night I had to, I was listening to it on the radio, watching the Pelicans, and when something happens, I switch it over because you got plenty of time, plenty yeah. of time. Right. But yeah, the radio, the radio is three pitches, three pitches ahead of the TV. I'm gonna need that radio Saturday. You know, because we got Ole Miss and LSU at the same time. Oh, but. Saturday, um, I, the Cajuns started four, the Astros started four. I mean, that's awful. You, you sure it's not three, Kevin? Well, they said three initially, but now they're saying uh, five Eastern, four o'clock Central. So they're gonna, it's uh, going to be starting the same time. Well, at least LSU, you're going to be staggered. Like, but like, because the, 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 LSU starts at two thirty. So, but with the Cajuns, I'm going to be covering the game. And they might both end right at the same time. Oh, that's awful. Well, let me say this. If we have trouble hitting a breaking ball, what the hell are we going to do, Saturday? Well, I I don't know, but I know this. People keep telling me that you can win the World Series and never get a hit with a runner in scoring position. I just don't think that's true. Sooner or later, they're going to have to get a hit with a runner in scoring position. Like, it never happens. Sooner this or later, it's got to happen. This might be the toughest matchup with this boy throwing him curveballs on Saturday. You think? You think? We, you think seventeen strikeouts is the highest? <laughs> you well, Saturday. <laughs> you know? it's incredible. Well, we'll see. We'll see if we can at least get it to Monday here. Make a series out of it. And Monday will be three o'clock. Oh, pressure! Oh, that's horrible. Yeah, that's awful. Yes. Awful for me. I don't know about everybody else. Awful for me at 3 o'clock. Yes, that's All not right, good. All right, Kevin. Take I'll care. Good hearing from you. I've been wondering okay, where you bye. were. I've been wondering where Larry was. All right, let's get one more call on the game hotline and we'll 
shift gears to Cajun football. I need I need my mind to be um, diverted a little bit anyway. Hello. Take it easy, Kevin. Kevin. Take it easy. You know how stressful that easy, was bro. last night? I, I, but look, I want to talk. For real, take it easy, Kevin, because don't worry about them spanking the Saints and them spanking Astros all the time. Just take it easy sometime and rest your nerves and everything. Get yourself together. You know, because this supposed to kill you, man. It's going to drive you crazy, man. Oh, it's and driving me crazy. It makes you look old and ugly before your time. You don't want to get like Jerry Jones and stuff. Oh, just it's, take it easy, it's killing man. killing me. You know, to, to take it easy. This is gonna be all right. Astros off to the World Series. They gone. They gone. Up to nothing. They gone. The Yankees don't want that smoke. They own the Yankees. Eleven and five in the postseason. Do you understand that, Kevin Foot? Eleven and five. Sixteen games. Eleven and five. Does that sound like an ownership to you? I just, I just, I, when it happens, I'm gonna be happy. But I, I gotta win at least one game in, in the Bronx. I can't, I can't get swept in the Bronx like seventeen. They got three in the Bronx, right? Right, three straight. Not three in a row. Well, three straight. It's three yeah, straight. Three straight. So they got to – they need to win at win least the, one. They're going to win the middle one. They're going to win the middle one. Got to win one of them. Got to win one of them. They're going to win the middle one, Kevin. Just take it easy and everything. And look, what's this stuff? When uh, can you get a place on south side? Yes, tonight. Yeah, what's this stuff I hear? Yeah, I know you kind of heard it too and everything. What, what's this – this this beef issue, this robbery going on with Acadiana. I mean, I know Acadiana been putting a lot of foots in people lately and everything. Been dominating, been putting a lot of butts. That's okay, we understand that. But what's this stuff about them calling Southside Soft Side? What's going on with that? Yeah, I don't know. That's just silly talk. What's I don't get into all that. that. You got silly something to do with that too? Oh no, I don't. I don't. That's all silliness. Okay, I'm going to check. I know Kevin yeah. Foot don't get into that. No, kind of I don't stuff. get into you don't, all that. You silliness. don't talk that kind of trash. No. But like I told you, Kevin, don't I'm not worry a trash about those talker. Saints and those stinking Astros. Well, Take I'm it worried. easy. Enjoy your life. Go fishing more. All right. That'll help all right. you. All right. All right. Bye. Take care. We'll take a time out. We'll shift gears a little bit to talk to Gerald Broussard about a number of things. But there was also a Sunbelt Conference game last night with an interesting final score. Not an unpredictable win, but an interesting win. We'll discuss that in the Cajuns matchup tomorrow with Gerald on the game. Tune in every weekday at 8.15 a.m. and 3.15 p.m. for the LSU Sports Update. Presented by Tibbs Trailers here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. Want to remind you, if you would like to get a sneak preview and be one of the first people to watch the new movie Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, text PANTHER to 337-283-8100. That's PANTHER to 283-8100. You might win tickets to the sneak preview of Black Panther, Wakanda Forever at Celebrity Theaters in Broussard on November the 10th. We offer thanks to Celebrity Theater, Theaters, Sherman Insurance, and The Game. All right. We have with us Gerald Broussard. I know you're doing better than me. How are you, sir? Um, no, I'm good. You should be half good. Well, uh, no. Like, again, it's just so – It's you know what it's like to be watching 
you had two screens side by side, and stuff's happened constantly, and it's good and it's bad, and you just the the range of my, my mind is already muddled all normally. And the last couple of weeks with all the anguish with the Saints and and, and the I mean it's just my I don't know what to think. It was just a, a I mean just a constant up and down roller coaster of emotions. Yeah, that's awesome, though, isn't it? Well, I, mean, I at guess. Least you know, at least you know you're alive. Oh, I'm a, I am was alive, but I was, oh, man. <laughs> Bundle of nerves and frustration, and it, it, it's just crazy. So, before we get to the Cajuns, last night, and, you know, also going on was this Sunbelt game where Troy beat South Alabama in a low-scoring game, 10-6, to Um and, you know, it gave South Alabama their first loss. And Troy is, you know, one of the teams that people said to look out for. And they can really uh, obviously play incredible defense because they beat, they beat Marshall 16-7 to earlier. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's the thing right now is you're, you're seeing what's happening with the league. You just don't see any of the explosive offenses that we've seen in the past. And, and some of it is, I know teams are playing good defensively, and, and some of it is, to be honest, Kev, offenses just aren't good. Uh, you know, we, we've got – you looked at it at Marshall last week. We talked about this at Marshall. You know, you watch that quarterback in pregame, and, and I mean, he's 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 – got good size to him. He's got a live arm. He's got a great release and stuff. And then as soon as they put him behind the center and they say, hike, he struggled to complete the ball anywhere beyond the line of scrimmage at or behind the line of scrimmage. He was good, but getting down the field, he just struggled with it. And I think that's the thing that's happened. The other thing that you see right now is we don't have, you know, we've had some really good running backs in the league. Um, and and I, I think the league is 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 just is, is struggling to find those really good running backs that they've but, had. But you know, and, South uh, Alabama's put up some points. At t- you know, they went to UCLA. They put up a lot of points. They scored a lot of other points. They didn't do great against the Cajuns. Only put up twenty. They beat they beat Monroe, which is you know. But they, it was like forty one to thirty four. I was surprised they gave up that many points. And then they played Troy, and it's <laughs> ten to six. Look what they struggled against the Cajuns too. Yes, they move the football. Football. We talked with with uh, not we, but I talked with Dave Schultz, our buddy Dave Schultz. At halftime, he comes running up. Not running up, but you know he happened to be by our booth, and he said, "What is this?" And I said, "Dude, I have no idea." I said, "But we've been seeing that all year." He said, "I haven't seen that all year." So, well, this is kind of what we've been seeing. Now, our guys can run. We know that, but uh, again, you, you, you're not seeing. The- physical back you're not seeing the teams that that are able to to run and throw and be consistent doing that uh in the league right now now could it change sure it could change but i just i i i, I don't see it i think that teams are one-dimensional and 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 they, there's just there's no real dominant team so week in week out you're going to see teams that are going to su- surprise you and struggle now uh the sunbelt's never been known as a defensive league no, but but it really there there it really is, yeah. You know, even even you know Texas State, who's you know never even really competed well against the Cajuns in a game. Um, you know they they only lost to Troy seventeen fourteen at Troy. Yeah, and, and the no, Cajuns and, and they go beat Arkansas. I mean, beat App State. Yeah, you know and. But it's just, I, I don't think that there's any, 
I, and I hesitate a little bit because I don't want to talk bad about it, but I don't think we have that just that dominant offense in the league right now. And, and when, when you do, then you can separate. If you don't, then you're going to struggle. All right, so what the Cajuns have to do is beat Arkansas State tomorrow, beat Southern Miss on Thursday, and then just you know, see, and then, then they have – and really give themselves a chance to play in what, what would be the, a big game against Troy in a few weeks at home. And, but, but first, you got to beat Arkansas State. So, look, I look at the numbers. Arkansas State played the Cajuns last year tough, but they didn't play hardly anybody else tough. They were a bad, a really bad football team last year. I look at their numbers this year. They're not that bad. They've made a lot of improvement from a year ago. Except they're not winning. They're not winning. And so Yeah. But and, and and I kept I can't tell you why, because I've I've been watching them. I I mean they've they've got a quarterback that, that that played a lot of snaps at Florida State. Dude, he's a big old he's a six five, two hundred pound athlete that's got a live arm and a good release and he throws the ball well. I like the receiving core. Again, I don't think they have a dominant running back. Uh, I think they've just got guys at, at running back position. The offensive line has has given up some pressures and stuff. But man, they, when you look at them one at a, at a time, they're, they're 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 better than they play as a unit as individuals. Defensively, I think they've got some speed. I think they do schematically some things that put them in a stress position that that I don't think they've overcome well. But I, I think they have better players than what their rec- record indicates. I agree, and and, and you know they've had they had a lead against Memphis in the fourth quarter. They had a lead almost in they were either within three or had a lead in the fourth quarter of all their games except for the one against other than Ohio State. But no one cares, you know. Yeah. But Ohio State is that's a different deal. But other than Ohio State, they've been in every game. You know, they were up nineteen to seven in the fourth quarter in Southern Miss and got beat. Right, no, no. This is a two and five team that could be three, you know, six and one. You know, and and and, and that part of that is, you know, and, and the old saying is, you are what your record says you are. Yeah. Uh, but but they, I, I again, they talent wise, they should be better. It's not going to be a walk. It's never a walk when you when you play Arkansas State and 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 the, I was about to say the Indians and the Cajuns, the Red Bulls and the Cajuns. You know, it's going to be a, a good game, a physical game. It's one of those things where I used to say our colors are so similar, both being Adidas schools and stuff like that. I think that there are times when you can change. And look, the Cajuns are going to be wearing black because it's a blackout, which, you know, to me, that was Arkansas State. So when the Cajuns come out, they're going to look like what I thought Arkansas State used to look like, you know, in their all black uniforms. And really. I and really, these two programs, there's so much similarity. Like they've been in the same. They, you know, they years ago they were in the in the um, in the in the yeah, Southland together. The South you know, and in the West yeah, and I mean, they, yeah, and, yeah. So now, many they, similarities. We, we followed each other. That no, the, the first time I was ever involved in a television game was my true freshman year at Arkansas State. It was back. I, I don't know if you remember when they used to have the regional game of the week. Rodney Smith. Like Rodney Smith, number twenty-one, was the player of the game. Yeah. Rue, yeah. We went up there. It was a ten-fifty kickoff. I remember. In Jonesboro. Yeah. And so uh, anyway, I, I I played so much I didn't play a snap, dude. I held the side of the headset cords. But <laughs> <laughs> on the side, I was a true freshman. And uh, no, and so Ed goes back. That was the first time I ever got involved with Jones with, with Arkansas State and Jonesboro. And look, I, I really enjoyed playing against those. They were so physical and stuff like that. But it, it was not a finesse. Never was. They were a wishbone team back then. It never was a finesse game when we played them. 
But, you know, it, I've always enjoyed playing them and being in it. We've been together for so long, and I just don't. Right now, I think that they're a team, you know, they got Butch Jones there, and, they, you know, they, they, they've gone through a number of head coaches through there to try and, and, and had some success with the transition of all of them. But they've had name coaches at times that, you know, they had Ray Perkins there and now Butch Jones. And, and you know, some people have worked out, some haven't, but they've they, – I credit them for doing what they do to try and stay relevant and involved in everything that they do. I just don't understand why they're not having more success right now. And look, I hope it goes another week. I really do. Look, uh, I, I don't mind if they come in here sub their toe. Right. To your point, and after looking at all the numbers and everything, I, the one Achilles heel seems to be protecting the quarterback. They've given up 20 plus sacks this season. That was the thing that stood out in the Marshall matchup as well to me and the Cajuns were able to get good pressure on him and do it if the Cajuns don't get good pressure on the quarterback I think they're going to lose I mean I think this game rides on really pressuring Blackman okay I kind of lost you but I'm thinking you're saying about they need to continue to get good pressure yeah they got I'm saying in, in this matchup statistically the Cajuns lose if they don't get pressure on Blackman like really, I don't good know if they lose, but I think that that's a big a big key to the big to, to to being able to win would be that I think you could separate yourself from them. I know that Southern Miss hit him and 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 made him lame. I mean he he was limping around a lot of, after they hit him a, a few times. And again, like I said, I, I think it's things that if you watch the guys play and stuff, you'll watch the individual talent. And said, well, why did he give up that prayer? He's better than that. And so that has been – if I was offensive line coach at Arkansas, I'd say I'd be real frustrated with those guys right now because they have the talent to execute better than they're executing. Games do give them problems. Cajuns have been able to get pressure. Uh, and, and and you're right. I think that it's – it's the look, if, if you hit people, they tend to mess up. And, uh, and, and you're going to have – they're going to have to get after him and hit him. Because, Kevin, when you when – you, and look, I know you've seen him, but when you see him in person – He's going to pass the eyeball test now. He's going to pass the skill level test. He is a big, good-looking joker with a live arm and can get it down the field. And I like their receivers. Again, right. Again, the Cages beat Marshall, but this offense is a lot better than Marshall. This passing game is a lot better than Marshall. Two different things. Two different things completely. This offense is going to struggle to run the football. Marshall could run the football. They couldn't throw a lick. These guys can throw. I don't know if they can run on the cage. I don't. I don't anticipate them running on cage. I hope they can. I hope the cage are able to make them one dimensional and then go hit the quarterback. Uh, that that to me is going to be the key. It's not allow Arkansas State to run so you can go hit the quarterback. And and, and but that's that's kind of what I, I alluded to earlier. We don't see that that offense that can run and throw. You know the way Coastal has been able to in the past, the way Aspen been able to in the past, and to be honest, the way the Cages have been able to in the past. You know, you could try and take the Cages throwing game away, but you had to deal with the running game too. And a lot of it started with the running game. And I don't think that these guys – and look, if you, you remember back in the day too, Arkansas State used to be a very physical, good running football team. Yeah, They're just not right. They're not right now. They're just not. All right, one more question. Do you, in your estimation, is it tougher for college kids, college teams, or NFL teams to play on a Sunday or a Saturday and then play on a Wednesday or a Thursday that same next week? NFL. Why do you say that? It's just, 
uh, simply because it's 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 a it's a much it's not, look they're all physical they all hurt, but but the, the, it's a shorter going from Sunday to Thursday that one extra day is huge than going from Saturday to Thursday. Um, it just it it makes a, it makes a huge difference in your recovery time and the other part of it. It's the physical part of it. The mental part of it, I mean, it, I, I think colleges are going to, they're going to s- simplify. And they usually at this time of the year, you know what you're doing. You should know what you're doing. You have what you have and you try and game plan. But, Kev, you know, like I know, everybody's doing the same thing right now. There's nobody other than an offense like Coast or stuff or, or an option offense, which you don't see anymore. You know, everybody's got the same, the RPO game, the quick game. They all look alike. All offenses look alike. So uh, you're not that tricked with it. But, I just think the physical part of the NFL is is different. It's and look, it's not to, it's not to downplay the physical part of college football, but it, the, I mean, you talk to people like Jake and stuff, and the first thing they'll talk about, you know, what was the biggest transition or what was the biggest difference when you got to the NFL? It's the speed of the size. It's not just the speed. It's the speed of the size. It's massive mammoth humans moving at an unbelievable pace. And the, the collisions are violent. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. All right, sir. Well, I appreciate it. We'll uh, check, see you tomorrow, and hopefully the Cajuns can pull it out. But I think it's going to be tougher than a lot of Cajun fans are thinking. Well, nothing that the Cajuns do this year will be easy, but I do anticipate a Cajun victory. All righty, sir. Thank you for your time. Take care. Bye, Tom. All right. Gerald Broussard, we will see. Should be an interesting tomorrow. Normally, it's almost always a close game. You know, there were, every once in a while you get a blowout like HUD's last year. The Cadence got blown out, and Arkansas State ain't won a game since. All right. We'll take a timeout. We'll come back with more on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Kevin Foote is a walking, talking encyclopedia of New Orleans Saints history. No, seriously. After that is 2013, which I call the Forgotten Saints season because in so many people's mind, the Saints' streak of good football ended with the Bounty Gate season. And it's not just recent history either. In 88, they finished 10-6, and six, tied for first place in the division, did not make the playoff because they got cheated by a blind official named Fred Silver who absolutely cheated, uh, stole a game on Sunday night in a 13-12 loss to the Giants with his either blindness, ineptness, or cheating, or whatever you want to call it. I think he was just blind and senile. We return to the man who's forgotten more Saints history than you will ever know. Kevin Foote. And footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. Want to remind you, one, that no more interviews for the rest of the hour. So open phone lines for the rest of this hour and the whole second hour if you would like to talk ALCS, NLCS, Cajun, Saints, Tigers, and high school football. We'll be talking some high school football certainly in the next hour as well. Also want to remind you, if food does your heart good like it does me, then the Realtor Association of Acadiana is hosting its annual gumbo cook-off at Park International on Wednesday, October 26th from 5 to 7 p.m. That's this coming Wednesday. Family-friendly event. 
where it will feature Halloween costume contests, music by Rouge Crew, and, of course, Great Gumbo. 26 teams of area realtors will be competing for the best gumbo. Tickets are $10, and it's all to benefit the following charities, Maddie's Footprints, Habitat for Humanity, and Lane's Legacy. Come out, eat some great gumbo, help some great local charities, and have some Halloween fun with the Realtor Association of Lafayette, I'm sorry, of Acadiana's annual gumbo cook-off on Wednesday. Again, the game hotline is 706-0111, The um, I asked Gerald that question about Thursday. Look, look I mean, you, you got to win, okay? I get that, but... Thursday night, you know what Thursday night football reminds me of? The Pro Bowl. That's what Thursday night football is. One, the teams don't really want to be out there. They don't want to be there. And they don't want to tackle and hit hard like they normally would because it's Thursday. Their bodies aren't ready to, like Gerald was just commenting on. Thursday night football is just awful. So people can talk all this junk that they want on a Thursday games. They're terrible. They're not ready to play. They shouldn't be playing football on a Thursday night after playing on a Sunday. There's got to be a way to play Thursday when the team doesn't play the week before. There's got to be a way to do that. Like, that's just awful. That was last night. It's like watching the Pro Bowl. That's what Thursday night football is to me. Um, And then when you're trying to do it without any of your top three cornerbacks – Against an elite receiver who's back, fortunately, you know. Of course, he suspended game seven. Well, who do the Cardinals play in week seven? Of course, it's the Saints. But you're trying to what you're you're playing a second and third string safety at cornerback against an elite receiver. And I'm like, what am I watching? Like, what in the world am I watching? Once again. You know, the offense, I, I, I thought for the last three weeks, you know, look, there were some plays in that game and there are plays in any game that you just play terrible, you, you just terrible play calls to me. Like, when it was third and three and they still theoretically had a chance, run Taysom twice. What are you throwing an incomplete pass for? And it's getting batted down. I mean, I just. So, but for the, mo- I, I think for the last three weeks, I think Carmichael is making a lot of progress. But again, you got to have players and you got to play defense. It's just miserable. That was just, that was not football we watched last night. That was terrible. But guys, still got to find a way to win. And and when you throw two pick sixes, and I blame both of them on Marquez Callaway, who I don't hate. I mean, Marquez Callaway's a pretty good number four or five receiver. As number four and five receivers go, but um, but 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 he he cost the Saints fourteen points last night. That was terrible. All right, let's go back to the game hotline. Hello. Good morning, my friend. Good morning, sir. How are you this morning? Oh, you know, I'm all jumbled up. On one hand, I'm doing great. On the other hand, I'm doing terrible. Well, you know what my mom used to tell me when I was when I was a little kid. My mom used to say, quit complaining with a full belly. And, and, and that's what you do, Kevin. You complain with a full belly. I'm not complaining. You're, you're not complaining. What am I complaining about? You're complaining. You're 2-0 and, and you're not happy with the way you won those two games. 
No, we got to get a hit with a runner in scoring position. Got to. No, you don't because you're 2-0. So, obviously, you don't. Yeah, but I'm trying to win the World Series. Like, well, you're going you're gonna to have a chance to win the World Series. I don't know. Did you Curry, hear? Bobby, did you hear? what? strikeouts, Kevin, in two games. Well, yeah, I understand that. 30 strikeouts, and, and Astros have struck out eight times. And so they put the bomb in play. At least they have a chance. And you almost won both of them. <laughs> almost. That's like hand grenades, Kat. Almost. Hey, I don't know. Did you hear what I said earlier? About what? Mike Stanton said he, he believes the Yankees ought to shorten their stroke and put more balls in play the rest of this series. Well, I believe that, too. I've been telling you that for 10 years. <laughs> I thought about you when I heard that. Well, I'm sure you did. <laughs> No, look, uh, look. It, it was the Astros were fortunate to win both of those games. I'm certainly elite, elated that they did, and I just hope they can win at least one out of three in in the Bronx because I don't want to have to win both games six and seven in Houston to, to advance. Well, I don't. I think you win the series in New York. I think you win two out of three. Well, I'm all for that. Wait, I hope you're right. We got a chance Saturday with with with, with cool pitching. Uh, but, I mean, if we keep striking out 15 times a game, how can you win? How can you win playing like that? Well, you just pitch. I mean, y'all, y'all, you got to understand, y'all have the pitching advantage from here on out. Now you, well, yeah, I guess you could, guess you could say that. Y'all have the pitching advantage from here on out. And so, I mean, it's not that hard to see a path for the Yankees winning this series. Because they're gonna, you're gonna be able to pitch Cole, uh, probably in a game seven. The Astros aren't gonna have one of their top two pitchers in game seven. But but the Yankees are gonna strike out fifteen times. Well, I, I, I hope so. Yeah, but just trust me. And I hope they're all in crucial situations. But I mean, the, uh-huh. they can win. I'm telling you and Steve that the Yankees are not built to win in the postseason. How many years have I been telling you? Many, that? many years, and I hope you're right. But all I know is last night they could have lost, and the night before they could have lost the Astros. And I'm just glad they did. Well, I saw a good high school football game last night, Kevin. I don't want to change the subject, but the Blue Gators played a complete game last night. That was good to see. 24 nothing victory over Lowerville. Yes, indeed, Kevin. I don't want to take too much of your time, but i got to tell you what happened. So with, with early in the fourth quarter, a little over 10 minutes to go, the Blue, Ga- the Blue Gators leading, they, they're ahead 10 to nothing. And they line up to, to attempt a 57-yard field goal in high school. Yeah. So, you know, Peyton Woodring going to Georgia, one of the best kickers in the country, if not the best. He nails a 57-yard field goal. It would have been good from 65 yards. Uh, but Louisville is offsides. So, you know, the play don't count. So they move the ball up five yards, and so the Blue Gators line up for a 52-yard field goal. And uh, Austin Mills is the holder for uh, Ascension, 
and they fake the field goal and throw that little Tim Tebow jump pass to the tight end, and it's first and goal at the eight. And two plays later, they score to make it 17 to nothing. Wow. So that was, you know, it was kind of the turning point. Right. It was kind of the first one in the coffin. But, uh, yeah, the Blue Gators played a complete game last night. Uh, you know, they're pretty good shape now. Well, in the district. That was definitely a great win for them. We'll see you tomorrow, Bobby. We'll be together tomorrow. Uh, I heard you say the game was at four. Yeah, the game starts at four. That's a terrible idea. I, I, I thought it was at noon, but if you say it's at four, I believe you. Oh, it's awful. Well, come by and eat some chili. I, I need food will make me feel better, yes. We're going to have chili, award-winning chili. All right, I believe you. Okay, buddy. Take care. You ever put chili on rice? No. I've never eaten that. My mother-in-law does that. I love it. Chili on rice. Hmm. I love it. I'll have to try it. I don't think I'd ever eaten it before I got married, but my mother-in-law does it. I I love that. Chili on rice. Try it if you haven't ever done it. Is it it white rice, brown rice? Does it matter? Oh, white rice. Well, it doesn't really matter, but it's white rice. I mean, I don't. I try to be healthy. So one thing of well, healthiness, I, I eat brown rice. It, it's very <laughs> difficult to have a belly like I haven't worried about being healthy. I mean, it's all I do is just change the rice from white to brown. That's it. I mean, I would eat brown <laughs> rice, but we don't ever really buy it. But yeah, normally what I eat is white rice. Yes, chili on top. Mm-hmm. It's good. I'll try it. Just for you. I'm just, I'm just worn out. I mean, last night was brutal. I'm just worn out. Thankfully, because I, I really all night long, I'm like, I'm going to it's going to be 0-2. I'm going to be 0-2. I'm going to be 0-2. And thankfully, the Astros pulled it out by the hair of their chinny chin chin. So at least I'm up 2-0 in the ALCS and have a chance to get to the World Series. We'll see what happens in the Bronx. All right, we'll take a timeout. Come back, finish out the first hour on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. Want to remind you, again, we've already talked about this tomorrow. 4.07 first pitch. Astros, Yankees in the Bronx. Game three of the American League Championship Series. And you can hear all the action on our sister station, News Talk. 98.5. First pitch set for 4.07. Right about the time the Cajuns are going to be kicking off. Maybe a few minutes later than the Cajuns will be kicking off. Well, uh, hopefully for the Cajuns' sake, they're kicking off uh, first. But right around, you know, a couple minutes after kickoff for the Cajuns, Arkansas State game. All right. Bobby brought up Ascension, and the Blue Gators had a nice 24 nothing win over Lauraville. Um, Last night, other scores involving Acadiana area teams, rain, Beat Washington Marion 49 to 20. Barr beat Lafayette High 40 to 17. Lafayette High is gonna is gonna yeah, they their quarterback, Grayson Sonia, just an outstanding football player. Got hurt against Sam Houston the week before, and uh they will be playing without him for the rest of the season, which is just a huge blow. Terrible for the player, terrible for the team. 
really terrible for high school football in the area because he's he's really a joy to watch. Um, and Barb won that game forty to seventeen. Church Point uh, beat Ville Platte as expected, fifty eight twenty, and Livonia beat Crowley thirty to fifteen. I want to comment. Somebody brought something to my attention yesterday, and I want to congratulate the Church Point Bears. They can officially say, and look, I know what this is like because the Astros kind of did this this year. But for the first time in the history of Church Point football, they can say now in recent years and forever that they are a winning program. That win yesterday pushed them to over 500, one game over 500 in the history of the school playing football. And so, obviously, they had some lean years there, just like the Astros did. A lot of programs have some lean years, so they were kind of way below 500. And since Coach Arsenal got there, their records have skyrocketed. The program has skyrocketed. Incredible consistency. They've done a great job. And they are now 360, 359, and 17 um, overall. I don't know how long Coach Arsenal is going to be there and his staff, but, uh, you know, they keep winning – nine, ten games every regular season, they're going to be able to kind of, you know, give themselves a good little cushion there. So congratulations to the Bears. It was a long haul, and they uh, they are now over 500 in the history of the school. So um, good for them. And, um, you know, they're looking at another 10-0 and defeat at regular season, and the playoff brackets are all different. We'll see how that works. Another hour to follow. Stay tuned. Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foote. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foote on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. You're home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. Simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. The game hotline 706-0111, 706-0111. No interviews, open phone lines the entire hour. So if you tried to get in the first hour and you couldn't or you just didn't um, get a chance to and you would like to, certainly feel free to do so again a lot going on LSU is a huge game against Ole Miss I um I haven't figured out LSU and its place in the SEC every time I think they're oh they really they they kind of go back and then every time I think oh they might be in trouble they get a great victory so I I don't really know what to think I I kind of you know Ole Miss has not played the toughest schedule yet not as tough as LSU's uh, and a lot of and a lot of other SEC teams doesn't mean they're not good, but we'll see. I mean, I, I I think Tennessee is obviously very good, so I think you can just kind of take the LSU t- in terms of evaluating who and where LSU is. I think you can just throw that one out. You played against a really good team, and you turned over the football and made it really easy on them. So just throw that one out in terms of trying to evaluate who LSU is. Um, I think this is going to be the best. I think I think this is the game that we're going to be able to say, okay, that's good or bad, depending on what happens, we're going to be able to see 
what LSU is. So we'll see. It's a, obviously a huge game. Cajuns against Arkansas State. Uh, we talked to Gerald Broussard in the last hour about that matchup. And I'm telling you, on paper, it doesn't look – I don't like the matchup. Now, except for the fact that Arkansas State's offensive line, I'd have to look it up to get the number, but they've given up 20-something sacks, a lot of sacks, a lot. And so, and the Cajuns have shown the ability to get after the quarterback. So, if they can force turnovers, especially, but really get sacks and in a few drives with some third down sacks that forces some punts, I could see, certainly see the Cajuns winning the game. If they don't, however, see, last year, Arkansas State, I mean, they were just a sieve on defense against just about everybody else except for the Cajuns. Like, they really struggled to stop the run last year. Like, they're significantly better. Now, they were so bad last year. I mean, they could be bad and still be fairly significantly better. So I understand it's all relative. But they are more like a, a, a – they're more like of a complete football team. Last year, they were just really bad. I mean, there's just no other way to spin it. And even then, even being really bad last year, because they were bad. It's the worst Arkansas State team in a, in a while last year. They were really bad. And and still then, the Cajuns beat them by one point. And it took a 20-play, 90-yard drive that took over 10 minutes on the clock at the end of the game to win it, to secure a one-point win. So think about that. They're playing a bad football team. A really bad football team in Arkansas State. You got the ball on your own 10, and you're saying, and you got like 10 minutes to go in the game. If you, and you, and Arkansas State's got all the momentum, and you able to drive 90 yards, because it, no, it wasn't your own 10, because they, they finished the game, they didn't score, they finished the game at like the five yard line or something. So you, you had it inside your own 10, probably around the five or so. And if you don't do that and you punt, then you probably lose. And so, and that was when the Cajuns were significantly better last year. So, again, another example of comparing, a lot of people trying to compare this season to last season. Um, It's a whole lot closer than most of you realize, the comparison between this season and last season. So, again, this is a scary game, but the Cajuns have been, Pulling out a lot of close wins against Arkansas State. Hopefully they can do that again. We will see. And then they got to play one of those silly Thursday games after a set. You know, I don't mind. I mean, I don't love them. But I, I'm okay the- philosophically with playing on a Wednesday or Thursday if you don't have a game that previous Saturday. But when you got a game, that's just, that's just awful. It's just awful. I, I just think. <clears throat> I just think that's awful. But anyway, we'll see what the Cajuns can do. And again, those two teams just got finished playing one another. Arkansas State was beating Southern Miss 19 to 7 in the fourth quarter and then got beat 20 to 19. And they they've had some they that's happened to them. Like they they've struggled to finish games, but they've been in them and again, other than the Cajuns last year and maybe one other team in that they they weren't in very many games. They were getting routed last year. So any comments on 
the Cajun matchup tomorrow, certainly. Obviously, Major League Baseball, a lot and a lot of stuff going on with Major League Baseball. The NLCS game three, first game in Philly, is today. Obviously, there's not a whole lot of talk about that. One, because, I mean, there are some Philly fans in this area, but not a lot compared to, like, Astros, Yankees, Braves, Cardinals. There's a lot of fans, uh, punks. I mean, there's a lot of fans in all those teams, but a lot of those teams aren't around anymore. So you got the Padres and the Phillies. And so there's not – we haven't talked much about it because so much – you know, there's so many Astro fans and so many Yankee fans in this area. That's where the interest is, but – it's been a pretty interesting series so far, and we'll see what happens. Game three today, and then obviously game three of the ALCS is tomorrow afternoon. So any thought about that? Also, high school football. I gave the scores in the last hour. Um, but there are some mega games tonight right here. On me, TV, FM, 97.7 FM, 1330 AM, you can hear Acadiana against Southside. If you want to hear the Southside part of it, um, you can he- listen to it on Mustang 107.1 FM. And both teams are undefeated in district play. Acadiana has two losses on the season, one to LCA and one to John Curtis. And... Southside has one loss on the season in its season opener against Notre Dame. And so all of them have lost to, you know, all their non-district losses are to really good teams with very similar styles, like um, defensive-oriented teams, um, fairly conservative on offense, defensive-oriented, but really good on offense at times. So, you know, we'll see. That, that is a really good matchup. Southside has been trying to catch Acadiana for a long time. Acadiana's won seven straight district titles, and they've been really, 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 really good since about, what, 2005. So we'll see. The, the, the Sharks think that they've closed the gap quite a bit, and they have. Now, have they closed it enough to win tonight? We will see. And, again, you, you have a running option team. They don't really run the veer. But it's a triple option type offense, so it's not that dissimilar to what John Curtis. Now, look, I'm not saying they're as good as John Curtis because I don't believe that they are. But but uh, should be an interesting matchup, and we'll see how Acadiana uh, matches up with Southside and vice versa. You know, Southside is not big on defense, but very, very, very aggressive. And so we'll see how that uh, that kind of style of offense matches up against Acadiana's Veer running attack. So that should be a tremendous contest. And then obviously uh, the other game that's just, you know, eye-popping, one in the game of the year kind of game, St. Thomas Moore and Turlings. We talk with Coach Savoy on Wednesday, and you can hear that game right here at the game, 1037 Lafayette. All right, let's go back to the game hotline. Hello. Hey, good morning. Good morning, sir. I need a I need to start watching baseball. I guess you were in a, you were actually in a much better mood than I figured you'd be today. Well, so I, I mean, it's just you know when countered the egg the Saints laid. I mean, you know, they're two and six in my mind because they have no chance of beating Philly. I mean, zero, like zero, less than. If there's anything less than zero, it's that. So in my mind, they're two and six. I mean, you know. 
I'm going to watch every game and I'm going to be into every game and and hope they win every game. But I mean, I I don't think you can survive two and six. Uh, look, I, I'm with you. And what what hurts is I don't think that was a good football team that beat us yesterday. No, so. but they need they. I, I think uh, they'd had a much better chance beating them on Sunday. They, they, this Thursday stuff's awful. But again, you just they did a lot of good things offensively. Again, for the third straight game, I, I think their their plan on offense, their plans on offense have been really good the last three weeks. It's just you're playing with a backup quarterback. And, you know, you, some backup offensive line. And then yesterday, you're playing without your top three cornerbacks. I mean, that was just a joke. I mean, they, they had no idea what they were doing out there. None. Well, and, and the funny thing is, before the season started, we were like, I don't think we've ever had this much depth at wide receiver. I don't think we've ever had this much depth at cornerback. And we sin again. Well, I'm we like, haven't. Holy well, but again, you can't. How can one team be injured every week for three years? I look, it's it's baffling. Uh, again, Pete, I was thinking of the money they had on the sideline yesterday, and you could probably get rid of the national debt with the money they're paying the guys that were standing on the sideline. It's uh, painful. There was a positive to me. I thought Taylor, I mean, a lot of people complained when we drafted Taylor. No, I thought he tried he hard. Like, yeah, I, He I, looks like a player. Kevin. No, I he think looks, he's going to he be good. good. I agree. I agree. I, look, I think there's a lot of talent. I still think the future's bright, but you you got to play and you got to stop turning over the football. I mean, it's just, it's just ridiculous. They just turn over the football like it's nothing. Yeah, and it's uh, that between uh, – I texted a buddy in the game. I'm like, we just simply – with the talent we have available, and I'm not – and that's, again, the, with the people we had playing, we're simply not good enough to overcome not only the turnovers, but, again, the stupid penalties. It's one step up, two steps back. It's, there was one point where I think we had seven penalties and, and Arizona had one. Well – and but, it was and, a five-yard penalty. But the biggest problem is, when was the last time Demario Davis made a play? Look, uh, again, it's, uh, the future looks good. I think Warner's a future all-pro, man. I think that cat can flat-out play. Um, our, our, I think our line can still play better, our defensive line. And it's not saying they played bad, but I do think they're capable of playing better. Um, our safety play is probably yeah, been but the they most didn't stop the run at all. This year. They didn't stop the run um, at all. That was a terrible yeah, rushing football team yesterday. But again, a lot of that is just playing on Thursday. Don't guys don't want to be out there. You cannot be as physical on a Thursday as you are on a Sunday. You just cannot. It's just that's just again. That was like watching the Pro Bowl. A bunch of guys that don't want to be out there. They're not physically ready. They're not physically committed to it. They they it, it, it was awful. I don't know why Tyrone Matthews is the face of our defense, too. That guy wants to play flag football. There were about four plays where he just stuck an arm in there instead of lowering his shoulder and trying to tackle. I don't know if he's trying to strip the ball and, and create turnovers, but at some point you need to damn the turnovers, just make the dog on tackle. And he just does not seem to want to get physical. And I don't know if that's because he's getting up in age or he doesn't want to get hurt. He's never been that way. Have, he's always been yeah, a finesse you, player. So it's again. It's I'm disappointed. I'm at a point. I'm not really not even mad. I actually thought they showed a little bit of grit coming back because after we got down 14 right before the half, I'm like, well, this went to hell in a hurry. 
Well, it and did, and again, I still think back, and then they hold them three and out, and they come down and they score, and I'm like, maybe we do have a shot. And the, and then Wes Chandler dropped that ball in about the 32 yeah. yard line. They if he if he does not give that ball up right there, they still have a shot. Even with the two big sixes, they still had a shot. But after he, after they punted, after he, he didn't hang on to that ball, I think that was the end. I kind of agree with you if you had to point to where. To, and, again, it's kind of hard to fault him. His wasn't like the Callaway skip or, you know, that led to the interception. He got hammered. So that's going to happen. Uh, and a guy just hit him right in the right spot. And I think Alave's really good about doing what you act like. Don't sit here and put the ball at risk to gain one more yard. Just get down. Take the yards, get down, and move on to the next play. And I yes. think Alave is really good about that. Yes, the guy just got hammered, so it's one that I really can't even fault him for it. But I agree with you. I think after that play, that's where uh, it and ended. then they drive down, and uh, uh, we've got to stop the run, man. We're we're getting gassed for seven, eight yards a pop, and it, you it's, just it's, it's just nauseating. I, I just I just the there's no way even the Saints' biggest hater, even the Saints' biggest hater, Joey, could have never envisioned this defense being this bad. Like, no one thought this defense was this bad. It's been miserable. Well, and again, I, to me, I point to the safety play first and foremost. Absolutely. That I was my concern line, the whole offseason. And uh, DeMario's not been quiet, but he hadn't been his, his all-pro self. But the bottom line is our safety play, I think, has been atro- atrocious. And again, the the one thing you can't control is the injury bug, and we are, we are just cursed. Yeah, I mean, it's, just, it it's, it's just it's just miserable. It doesn't matter who we get. How I mean, we had eight cornerbacks on our roster at one point. We're running out of them again. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. It's but it is what it is. I'm glad I didn't bet the over under was was actually for wins was seven and a half, and I was going to make my first online bet. You know, where they're offering, they even offer if you lose the bet, they let you make another bet, which is how they hook you in. But it was seven and a half. And when I went to place a bet, it had jumped up to eight and a half. And I just said, no, nah, that extra game is a bit much. And uh, I mean, right now we're looking like we'll be lucky to be an eight win team, which kind of sucks to say it. But it's, that's it just it's the reality. It's, just, of the it's, it's misery, misery, misery. All right. Thanks for the call. Got to take a break. God well, bless, brother. We'll take a timeout. Be back with more of your phone calls on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. It's not uncommon here on Footnotes for Kevin Foote's voice and his blood pressure to rise rapidly during the show. The fat guys like you and me need to be watching mop-up time just like the stars do. Sometimes it rises a little too high. That is stupid. Stupid. Not to worry, we have EMT standing by just in case foot passes out. Back to more footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to... Footnotes, Kevin Foot on the game. Want to remind you to tomorrow from 11 to 1 a, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m., RP3 will be at Heritage Housing located 3350 North Frontage Road in Jennings. If you would like to win McNeese State free McNeese State football tickets, swing by 
Register to spin the prize wheel, and you'll have a great chance of winning tickets McNeese State football games. RP3 from 11 to 1 tomorrow at Heritage Housing, located 3350 North Frontage Road in Jennings. All right, let's go back to the game hotline. Hello. Where in the world do you start on a day like this? Oh, man, it's awful. Yeah, I got I want to get one thing out of the way before I get into the reason I called. Uh, have they decided what to do with the quarterback situation at – UL. I haven't heard, and I really like the way that guy looked last week. Well, you know, I think it has a chance of playing itself out. Uh, Chandler did not practice again this week, so he he is not has he has no chance of playing in this game. No matter what happens, is my understanding. Now, um, you know, well, it's a short week for the next game. If Ben wins again, then then I think if, and plays well then I think there's no doubt he'll start um, Thursday in Hattiesburg. Uh, and then, you know, if he keeps playing well, then I think he'll win the job. Again, Coach Dez has said from the very beginning, going back to the spring, he kept waiting for someone to win the job, and no one did it. And so, and again, they feel like, and they do this at all positions, if you, play, if you do what you're supposed to do and you're a good enough player, then you play. They do it at defensive end. They do it at safety. They do it at cornerback. They do it at offensive guard. They have done that from day one since Coach Napier got here. And they just, in this position, they're doing that for the quarterback position. And I know I don't like it either. But, uh, again, if ben, win, if ben keeps winning, I think he'll keep starting. you remember Jake DeLome's first play as a Cajun? Uh, I don't know about this exact play, but I remember the scenario of him coming in in the second half. Yes, sir. He came in behind Danny DePace, who had just thrown his first pass as a Cajun, and it was an interception. Then then came in Jake. He throws an interception. Then he goes on to put, become great. You know, it's weird. Football's a weird game. But on the other the other topic, uh, you know, the, the boys in black and gold, uh, I don't know how to be frustrated right now. It's like you look at the mash unit on the side, and you can point at this and point at that, and you can point it at picks. Like last night, if the receivers would just catch the dang ball, yeah. it wouldn't be, you know. And that's and that's how a quarterback is judged. I mean, in the stats, it looks like Dalton was terrible. And there were – I mean, the receivers got to help. The receivers can make a guy look good or they can make a guy look terrible. And uh, I'm not against Jameis on what I'm saying. I'm just saying that, come on, man, uh, seriously. I, I thought the for the most part they did well, but about three or four plays. Like Callaway, I, I'm pinning both pick sixes in my mind on Callaway because if he catches the other ball, then the second pick six doesn't happen. But, uh, you know, the, the, obviously you can't throw the ball in the triple coverage in the red zone like, like – like, um, like Dalton did when they were up, what ten to three or whatever they were, the seven to three, I think at the time. Yeah, you you you, you got to at least get a field. I didn't want a field goal right there, but you at least got to get a field goal. You can't throw a pick in the red zone. Yeah, I know. I gotta say that was the most emotionless game I've ever watched. I mean, emotionless for me. It's like yawn. You know, you you're kind of excited about a, a getting out in front early. And all that, and you just wonder what's going to happen to upset the apple cart. And then you keep watching, and then as it happens, you like, oh, well, here we go. And then you see the, the people that are hurting and that are off and the people that are underperforming, like Tyron Matthew. Man, I can't believe this cat. 
Oh, he's, I mean, he's checked out. Yeah, I mean, it's like, okay, people see it. I'm sure the coaches see it, so let's move on and do something about it. He's but there's not, there's not a whole lot they can do. Their safeties are having to play cornerback last night. Their yeah, third-string safeties are having to play cornerback against DeAndre Hopkins. <laughs> I mean, it's just, oh, it's just awful. Yeah, I know. And his first game back, you got to wonder about that going in. Is he going to be rusty or is he going to be sharp? And, well, he – Well, it's pretty okay. easy to look sharp against a third-string safety. Yeah, true. That's true. But uh, it's uh, it's a numb season for me. I mean, I've tried to get in and call you before. It seems like I must have a record for the f- person who follows Joey. I bet for over the years, there's no telling how many <laughs> – which, which I don't mind because I love the That's level of funny. intelligence that Joey brings to the program, you know. And he, he's good at calming you down. I mean, they, and just before you came back on, they had the commercial about you having a heart attack and all that. And I, I was picturing, man, I wonder what it would look like if it was hooked up to all this medical equipment during uh, a show. You know, that would yeah, be fun. I probably need to I'd be. Pay, I'd pay to watch that online. <laughs> <laughs> good hearing from you, Rooster. Take care, buddy. Yep. No, Rooster and Joey been talking to them for pretty close to 30 years on the air. Let's take one more call on the game hotline before we get to our next time out. Hello. I want to ask a couple quick questions from the conversation with Mr. Bobby, Yankee fan, Mr. Bobby. Tell me how you think the, the Yankees have the pitching advantage. Just because Cole can go tomorrow and game seven? Well, I mean, they're going to have Cole and then Nestor, and I think Cole is going to be have more of a chance of going game seven with McCullers' injury history. I, I don't really think they're going to pitch him in game seven. Right. So who in the world well, are we going to pitch in game seven? Well, I mean, you got the uh... – Kevin, you don't know what's going to happen. Game seven, Kevin, they got a long way to go. For the, who do you think? Who, okay, because we're pitching tomorrow, then. Uh, I, I, think Javier, on, I think Javier, I think Javier, but I don't know. Right. I mean, I guess theoretically yeah. it could be Garcia. It could be, but based upon how well Garcia pitched last time. Okay, all right, all right. Well, I mean, that's a possibility. You know, I, I can uh, say, give him a side edge. Okay, let's. Whenever you get a chance, Kevin, talk about the umpire. And I'll tell you, and I don't watch, argue, but I'm going to tell you, I don't watch a whole lot of MLB during the season. You know, I watch a game once a week, every week when I shows when I can. Man, umpire's been rough, huh, Kevin? These two guys. Well, the, the, the game one, he had a really high strike zone, which most umpires don't have anymore. And, and right, and then last night's um, last night's umpire, he kept giving the pitches six inches off the plate, and then he was missing the yeah. high strike. So I, I thought he right. was terrible. Right. I thought he was really bad last night. Really bad. Yeah, he was really bad last night. Yeah. The guy, the first night was giving high breaking balls, which you don't yeah, see you never hardly see that a whole lot either yeah. anymore. I just thought they were very uh, not good. I very agree. Questionable, you know. Last right. night's was all bad. right, Kevin. All, all right, thanks. Now again, relief pitching wise, the Astros have the advantage. What I what he the the comment he was referring to when when Bobby called her, I was about starting pitching wise. I think the I, I think the Yankees will have the advantage uh, starting pitching wise, but. 
But relief pitching-wise, the Astros should have the advantage. Now, I don't really know what's going on. I, you know, he pitched Stanek. I mean, he didn't pitch Stanek. He pitched Abreu in the eighth. Stanek set a record this year for lowest ERA by an Astro reliever in the history of the franchise. And he's not pitching. He didn't pitch in game one. And he didn't pitch the eighth inning last night. Now, I don't get all that. Are they saving him to close Saturday? Because even though there's a day off, they don't think they're gonna they're gonna they're not gonna pitch Presley tomorrow if they if they have a lead late. It, could that be it? I, I don't know. Now again, Neris has been good. I got no problem with him pitching Neris. Abreu's been good. I personally don't still trust him, but he has been good, so I get that to a certain extent. And you know, a lot of people don't like Montero. I'm a little iffy with how he's pitched lately, but for most of the year he's pitched really well, and I like him. Uh, so they're all good. But, like, I don't get the lack of using Stanek. I don't quite understand all what's going on there. There might be something we don't know about. Something's just a little kind of fishy to me there, the whole not using Stanek. Uh, and we'll see how that plays out as the rest of this series goes on. All right, we'll take a timeout. Come back. Again, more open phone lines. If you would like to comment, baseball, Saints, high school football, Cajuns, Tigers, whatever you'd like, McNeese, uh, you know, Nichols and McNeese is playing Nichols, and both of those teams are searching for wins. That game's kind of like the the, the Saints-Cardinal game last night. Somebody's got to win, and somebody's going to feel a whole lot better about themselves with two struggling teams searching for wins going against one another. So that's kind of what the McNeese-Nichols game is. We'll see what happens in that contest. Any of those uh, topics you would like to discuss Feel free to call on the other side. We'll be back on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Why doesn't Kevin Foote talk more basketball? Because it's in the best interest for his health not to discuss basketball. I had to give up basketball to save my life. I cannot take basketball. It's way too subjective. More footnotes coming up on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. Want to remind you, the Test Project is hosting the Shake Your Trail Feather Paddle Parade and Party in the Park tomorrow on Saturday. A pair of live Cajun bands will escort paddlers as they float from Poche Bridge to Bro Bridge from 10 a.m. to noon. After the paddle parade, there'll be a free celebration in the park in Brobridge from 11.30 a.m. to 2 p.m. Horace Trahan and the Austin Express will be playing. There'll be all kind of kids' activities, foods, drinks, bird costume, prizes, and a kayak raffle. Come paddle. Join the fun with the Tesh Project tomorrow in Brobridge. For more information, visit the website at teshproject.org. All right. Again, we have got um, all kinds of stuff going on in a big weekend. Uh, Cajuns tomorrow at 4, Astros tomorrow at 4. And again, you can hear that game uh, if you're out and about on News Talk 98.5 FM and huge high school football tonight. LSU's playing a 
a humongous game against Ole Miss at home at 2.30. Any thoughts you might have on that one as well? Certainly feel free to to call the game hotline. We talked to, uh, in the first segment of this hour about the Acadiana Southside game. The other, obviously, mega game that's going on is St. Thomas Moore and Turlings. Turlings is undefeated. SCM's only lost one game to a really good team, and they're both undefeated in district play. And, you know, essentially whoever – well, not it's not a lock, but – because there's still two games left. But but uh, essentially whoever wins tonight is probably going to win the district ch- title, or at least that's what most people think. So, you know, it's an interesting matchup. Acadiana – I mean Acadiana. STM is – Running the ball a little more. We talked to Coach Savoy about that on Wednesday when we had him on. They have settled. They kind of started with a two-quarterback system, and they now have one quarterback in Sam Altman, who was more of the natural passer anyway. And so, you know, I think it would not surprise me if it's a little more of a defensive struggle than it often is when these two teams play. And... Um, but we'll see. You know, you never know. SCM's so good on offense, whether they're elite at passing or whether they depend more on running that this year. They're still very, very good almost every year on offense. And, and their defense has been very good this year. And Turlings' defense has been very good this year. You know, we all like to focus on offense, especially the passing game. And Preston Welsh and Kentrell Prejean are having a fabulous year this year. I mean, there's no arguing that. Um, St. Thomas Moore's been a little more productive in the running game this year, and they have more of a varied rushing attack in terms of different weapons that they have in Peyton and Swilly and others. So, uh, so again, I, I think it's a pretty even matchup on paper, and I, I don't. You know, who you think is going to win? I really, I really don't have a good feeling who's going to win the game. Now, you know, Acadiana is kind of one of those deals where, until someone beats them, you know, you kind of feel like that district, you know, somebody's got to beat them, and until they do, you know, it's 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 almost, it don't, it just seems crazy to pick against Acadiana until someone beats them, but it looks like that Southside's a little more equipped than they've ever been on the line of scrimmage. Like, the, the advantage that Acadiana has over all the teams in that district is on the line of scrimmage. I mean, they just – no one has been able to compete with them on the line of scrimmage. And Southside looks more equipped to compete on the line of scrimmage. Now, you know, will they be able to tackle in the secondary if Keevan Williams gets, you know, loose or – you know, are they going to throw interceptions? There's all kind of things that determine whether you win a game or not. But the first thing you got to be able to do against Acadiana is compete on the line of scrimmage. I mean, Acadiana lost to LCA because they're really good on the line of scrimmage. They lost to John Curtis because they're really good on the line of scrimmage. I mean, you got to, if you can't compete on the line of scrimmage, it's really hard to beat Acadiana. I mean, very difficult. Muy difficile, as they say. So, you, you, you know, it looks like Southside is more equipped than they've ever been to com- to at least, as Coach Fano put it, kind of hold their own, at least compete. Uh, I like the way when I spoke to him for the preview that we had in the advocate, theadvocate.com, he said, you know, for most of the t- uh, time since they joined the district, when they play Acadiana, they feel like 
they got to trick them just to get a first down. Forget about scoring. Like, they got to trick them just to get a first down because they just weren't as good on the line of scrimmage. So, again, it'll be an interesting matchup. We'll see how that goes. Another other big games tonight. Uh, LCA is playing Westgate. And, you know, both of those teams, when the season started, probably did not plan on losing the Turlings. I mean, probably a lot of teams that played Turlings this year when the season started didn't plan on losing the Turlings, but they did. And and so the good and bad of it is, yeah, you play for a district title, and I'm still pretty old school, so I like when district titles mean things. But, you know, everybody you can be in the same district and you're not even in the same bracket. So, you know, you, you can be in a different class and not be in different bracket it's just what are we doing but anyway that uh i digress um i i i think that westgate lca game is going to be interesting now westgate lca is so good defensively especially on the line of scrimmage i kind of think i would worry if i was a westgate fan i'd be worried about Westgate being an offensive line, be able to handle LCA up front and keep from turning it over too much and keep from having an, any kind of consistency with your offense. So I think LCA is going to have an advantage on the line of scrimmage there. And if they and if they can't handle that, I think it's going to or deal with that some kind of way. I think it's going to be real tough for Westgate to win. And if they do, uh, they certainly have the athletes to, to make things happen. So we'll see. What happens in that game? The Vermeer Parish game of the week, Abbeville and ERAF should be a good one. And uh, Abbeville, um, you know, was kind of under the radar, having another really solid season. And ERAF's been kind of up and down, but they had a really nice win last week over Kaplan. So we'll see what happens. That's a that's a good Vermeer Parish uh, matchup there, and we'll see what happens in that one. And then we talked earlier this week, Karen Crow is hosting Sam Houston. Sam Houston's been putting up some points. So we'll see if Karen Crow's defense can stop that. And again, you can hear that game right here on our family station at Z1059 FM. Again, if you would like to get in and talk high school football or anything else going on locally or nationally in the world of sports, feel free to do so on the game hotline 706 0111. One of the things, you know, Rooster called in the last segment. And was talking about Andy Dalton. And look, I've said all along, Andy Dalton is what he is. He's a backup quarterback. Andy Dalton is now 0-12 in his last 12 starts in primetime games. 0-12. 0-12 in his last 12 starts as in primetime games. And again, my point is not to belittle Andy Dalton. It's just to... Um, Again, like I've said from the beginning with the people that keep pushing Andy Dalton is there's no future with Andy Dalton. There's no ceiling with Andy Dalton. He's done fine. He's probably been a little better than I thought he would be, but there's no ceiling with him. He, he can only get you so far. Now, you say, well, they don't have anybody that can get him any further, but you got to find that out. So in this next game, if he's capable of getting on the field, Jameis has to be on the field. You know, essentially, barring some sort of miracle, the season is over. They're 2-6. and six. 
Do I? Can they still make a run at 500? Yeah, or, or getting around 500? I still think there's enough talent on this team for that to happen. Now, if they don't learn to tackle someone, and if they don't learn, if if, if Demario Davis doesn't start stopping the run, and 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 him and and the if the defensive front doesn't start stopping the run, it's not gonna matter who plays quarterback. It's not gonna matter if they don't get healthy, and they don't start stopping the run. It's not gonna matter who they play at quarterback. It will not matter. But if they can actually start playing some defense, like they haven't played any defense. They were miserable against the Seahawks. They were miserable against the Bengals. And they were miserable again last night. They've played seven games. And they've been miserable on defense in four of them. That is uncalled for. That is unacceptable. I mean, we can talk about quarterbacks all we want. The offense has done enough in the Viking game, if the officials didn't cheat, in the... Uh, in the Seattle game, in the Bengals game, and in last night's game. The offense, which has been mostly the injured side of the ball, the shorthanded side, the side with theoretically more question marks than anything, the, the offense for four straight games now has done good enough to win. And the defense has been terrible. Now, again, in that first one, the officials just stole the game. But in the other three, and one of them was a win, the defense was miserable. Miserable. Unacceptably bad defense. And it just never seems to end. When are they going to tackle someone? So if they start tackling someone, and if they get healthy, which I don't even know if that's possible anymore, anywhere close to healthy. It's not that I expect every starter to play, but man, like being without your top three receivers and then your top three cornerbacks, all they, they all have to get hurt in the same position all at the same time. It's ridiculous. Let's go um, to the game hotline. Hello. Hello, Foot. Howdy, sir. Hey, man. It's Craig, man, from Yardberry. Uh, I just wanted to know if the Saints and the Steelers are both battling for the number one pick right now. I mean, this is atrocious. Well, at least y'all won a game last week and played defense with with nothing. Yeah, but I mean, we we look like we headed to two and five as well. It looks like they just battling each week to have the same record. They they both promoted from within, which I don't necessarily agree with. Dennis Allen. I'm not saying fire Dennis Allen yet, but look at his track record before and the the uh, the wonder mind of Mike Tomlin. Let's promote Matt Canada. I mean, come on, man. It, you know, it's, it's getting ridiculous. Well, again, I, I I mean, I'm with you. I, I don't get the whole Matt Canada thing. I, I really don't. But 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 again, I, you know, I really think Carmichael's done fine in these last four games, and he's been playing with all a bunch of starters out and a backup quarterback. They've done enough on offense; they just can't stop anybody. And the defense was supposed to be the strength of this team. Uh, it, it's just mind-boggling how bad the defense has been. I mean, uh, I heard your call with Luke Johnson yesterday. I mean, didn't he say the Saints were the worst in the league at thirty-two with uh, you know turnovers and whatnot? Yes. I think- what one one interception and eighteen passes deflected? They're not even touching the ball. Yes, they they're just miserable on defense. Miserable. Well, I know you was hoping for a glorious morning, so I knew 
you know, these two games, the Astros and the Saints, were at the same time. So you had to have some kind of mixed emotions. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, 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 no question. Again, on one side's glorious, although they drove me, you know, n- got me all nervous until the last <laughs> pitch and, and, and can't field your position. But, um, but and the Saints were just miserable. So it, I, I've just been a complete just mess, you know, getting, being well, torn let, in both directions. Let me ask you this. Uh, I think that was Danny you were talking to a while ago, if I'm not mistaken. Everybody's talking about game seven and the Yankees have better starting pitching. Well, who's to say they even get that game seven? Well, I hope not. I'm but to I, sweep. I, no, right. I agree, but I, I'm always <laughs> looking ahead. It's like when it's second down and I'm watching the game, I'm like, okay, are you going to punt or go for it here? They say, well, why are you going to punt on third down? I said, we we not, but you, I'm always looking like trying to figure, okay, you have to know in my mind what you're going to do if you're going to go for it on fourth down or not before you make your second down and third down calls. And so you you know, know. I'm always like a player. I'm always looking ahead. You got to play chess, not checkers, right? Yes, Kevin? absolutely. Yes, sir. Have a good weekend, sir. All right, you too. I don't think enough coaches do that. Like if when it gets to second and one, I'm like, run the ball three times. Well, we, what if you get on second down? Well, who cares if you get it on second down? You don't have to worry about it. But you gotta have a plan. If you need if you need three yards and you got Taysom, or you need two yards and you got Taysom, what are you throwing the football for? Just run it three times. We'll take a timeout. We'll come back. Finish out today's show next on the game. Welcome back to Footnotes, Kevin Foot on the game. And again, want to echo those ticket, those um, sentiments. If you would like to win all these great prizes, you got to join the Game Clubhouse. It's free. It's simple. So sign up today at the Game Clubhouse, 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. All right. You know, another thing that I saw another story and people are still talking about it. And it's, it's, it's one of the most bizarre things. They, the Astros are two wins away from being in the World Series. And yet, John Hyman reported this morning that it looks like Dusty is going to be asked to be back as the manager of the Astros, which I got no issues with. But it remains up in the air whether... James Click will be asked back to be the general manager. And most of the speculation during the year has been if the Astros win the World Series, is going to be back. Well, I don't quite get – I mean, I guess it – I'm not saying it doesn't make sense to to bring back a GM if you win the World Series. That makes all the sense in the world. But it doesn't – but if you lose the in the World Series, then your general manager is terrible and you need to get rid of him. I mean, if you lose in the ALCS, it's your general manager's fault. I don't, uh, I don't get that either. So again, if it's a personality issue, if it's a we can't work together, irreconcilable difference issue, then what does it matter if you win the World Series or not? So I, I don't. This story has never really totally made sense to me. And you've got a team. Some would already argue it's a dynasty. But if they win, then you can start arguing that. Not that I care about all that stuff because I really don't. But it's nice to win. Don't get me wrong, and I love it. But, but, and then you're talking about maybe firing your GM. It's just, it's just been a bizarre thing all year long. 
And I still don't know what difference in that along that line winning the World Series makes. I, I don't get it. Anyway, appreciate all the phone calls. Y'all have a nice weekend.